Welcome back to the weekly Trusted Visions podcast. We thank you for, for watching our podcast and we're gonna continue last week's topic of working with a third party recruiting firm such as Trusted Visions or going direct to the broker dealer. And so to get a little bit deeper and I've seen a lot of social media buzz, so to speak on this topic of how do third party recruiting firms like Trusted Visions get paid? Um, and I would like to first start and say for confidentiality reasons, we can't throw out there the exact amounts that each broker dealer pays just because we're bound to those confidentiality agreements. But I would say a, a couple things as it pertains to how third-party recruiting firms like Trusted Visions are paid. Pretty much all broker dealers pay the same. They pay a percentage of your trailing 12 months production should you affiliate with the broker dealer they introduce you to. And then they'll pay a percentage on the back end on actual production that you produce over a year's period. Now, how that's paid, some of them pay all of it up front. Some of them pay half of it up front and half after a year. So there, there's not really too many variances there. Now, I will say, and this is strictly for trusted visions, there are broker dealers out there that will tout we're going to pay double, triple what the other broker dealers are paying. We at Trusted Visions, we don't work with any of those firms. And the reasoning for that is we are always going to take an unbiased approach and find the best broker dealer fit for the clients that we represent. And so are there some recruiting firms out there that may be more inclined to send business to those broker dealers that pay more? Sure. I, I think David and I have seen that throughout our career. I don't think it's wrong of you as a financial advisor to ask whoever you're working with of how are you being paid? Is this broker dealer paying you more than another broker dealer? Um, I, I think it's, it's a fair question. I would also say that in terms of, I, I lost my train of thought there. I, I would say that if someone is sending you to a broker dealer because they're getting paid more, be leery of that. Um, just because they've always, you always want them to put your best interest in mind. Anything to add on that side of it before we make, move to the, the subsection of this topic? No, I think you're, uh, I think you uh, summed it up pretty good, Jeremy. When, when you look at it, when you're talking about who's doing the right thing, it's the same thing that we've gone through with everything else on the financial services sector. You want to be able to be compensated accordingly for the business, but when somebody's getting compensated far and above the normal, just kind of when we talk about transition packages all the time. If it sounds like it's too good to be true, a lot of the times they may be pushing you down a rabbit hole or pushing you to a particular broker dealer that fits their needs because that's going to put a little bit more you know, money in their pocket. So just be wary of that. It, there are situations where uh, you'll, you'll find that some broker dealers will pay a little bit more for a third-party recruiter and ask those questions. And when you look at the overall cost, it is, when you look at the broker dealers, they just chalk it up as a fee of doing business when they're paying a third-party recruiter. They're out there just trying to generate uh, referrals. They're trying to generate new uh, advisors to join their, their firm. So part of that, they've got their own firm, they've got their own recruiters that they hire that run through the process. But the third-party recruiters are a, a widely utilized. Uh, service out there where you've got a lot of people talking with advisors have got tremendous relationships out there and have for years. And it is just something that they do. And it's something they're going to continue to do because that's how they get qualified candidates. 
is working with people like uh, us over at uh, Trusted Visions when it comes to uh, finding good candidates that are a good fit for their broker dealer. Yeah, and to add on to that, David, I think you're absolutely right. And it's important for everybody to know, a lot of times clients will ask, does working with a firm like Trusted Visions take away from my transition package or my payouts? The answer is no, because to David's point, pretty much all broker dealers out there utilize third-party recruiting firms like ours for, for lead flow, for referrals, for quality candidates that they haven't come across. So, so great point on that, David. To move into the second part of this topic of do's and don'ts of working with third-party recruiting firms. Um, and I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. David, you've said this several times throughout our podcast of you, you've got to know what your strengths and weaknesses are and also know what with those weaknesses, whom you want to rely on for that. So I'm going to kick that one off to you and then I'll add on to it, David, of just a few do's and don'ts when working with third-party recruiting firms as a financial advisor, OSJ, or enterprise. You bet. Uh, first and foremost, do some due diligence yourself. And what, you know, we're not talking a huge amount of due diligence. Find out a little bit more about the firm, maybe get a couple of referral sources, see how long they've been in business, and, and see who you're dealing with. It is, a, it is a, it's a personal business. If you've got individuals that you've worked with in the past, you can kind of make that connection. So do some due diligence on that side. And as, uh, as you just stated, Jeremy, it's, it's very important to know what your core competencies are. What, what are the trigger points for you? What is the things that give you a headache as an advisor on a day in and day out basis? And know what those are ahead of time. Uh, for one, that's gonna be a really big triggering point with the individual you're having a conversation with. Are they asking those questions? Are they just wanna know what your assets under management are, what your recurring revenue is, how much GDC you're doing, where you're located, and that's all the information they're asking. Uh, the, the sad part is they're just going to probably throw you out to every broker dealer that's available out there. So you, you wanna make sure they're asking the right questions. It's the same way that you would ask questions and discovery questions that you have for each client that walks in your door. You wanna make sure they're asking the right questions. Hold their feet to the fire. Ask them, how many firms do they work with? How do they narrow that search down? Because there's so many broker dealers out there how do they focus in and find the particular broker dealer that's going to fit your needs as an advisor? And hopefully, uh, well, not hopefully, if they're not asking you those qualifying questions and really digging in and finding out more about your business, what makes you tick, what has brought you success over the years, and what is your biggest headache when it comes to doing day in, day out business with your current broker dealer? And why are you upset? And maybe right now you're not upset at all with your broker dealer, but you feel like this is a perfect opportunity that we've talked about many times, having that plan B. Somebody, one of your best friends just made an advisor change. How do you go about getting that done? Connecting with a, you know, a third-party recruiter is a very important thing. Uh, and um, the other biggest thing is really conflict of interest. Working with a third-party recruiter, and Jeremy, I'll let you add some to that too. It's the only real big, what I would say don't, is do not work and sign up with every single third-party recruiter out there because that will automatically create a conflict of interest. Because if you want to work with three or four third-party recruiters and you want to see what each one of them can do, that's going to inherently really hurt your chances of finding a good broker-dealer partner. Because if you've already signed up with another one of uh, another third-party recruiting firm out there, we can't place you with that particular broker-dealer if they've already presented you to them and we can't represent you. 
it's the same thing when you're, you know, you're looking, I always put it that way because everybody knows how divorce works. You go and find the, the best lawyers out there. You have a conversation with them. So your spouse can't utilize them. Uh, it's, we run into the same problem on our side. Uh, you, you want to narrow it down. Do not sign a bunch of contracts, do your due diligence and, and get it to working with really only one third party recruiter, because that could inherently make it difficult for that third party recruiter to place you at the right firm that you want to be with. Yeah, I mean, great point there, David. And, and by no means is competition a bad thing. Um, and we talk to advisors all day long, every day. Um, but to your point, you know, I'll give you an example of a client that came to me and said, hey, I'm working with XYZ, uh, third-party recruiting firm. I'm working with another one and I want to work with you. What options do you have? And we started talking about it. And, and there was a broker-dealer that had a specialty platform for him that I thought made a lot of sense. And he's like, yeah, I really like that. And I'm like, well, I can't do anything for you because the other third-party recruiting firm had already introduced you to that broker deal. Well, they didn't bring that up. Well, again, I, I, I apologize and we're here to help you, but to your point, it really limits not only you as a financial advisor, OSJ or enterprise's ability to find the best broker dealer fit, but it also limits firms like Trusted Vision's capability to find the best broker dealer fit. And to your point of you know asking those questions, I, I, I had a conversation earlier this week, and it was it's a perfect example of that. Uh, I was talking to an advisor, and I always start the conversations of what is your long-term goals? Let's get away from the short-term goals of what you're looking for in terms of transition money and payouts and pricing and all that. What's your long-term goal? And he had said to me, I want to add a hundred advisors, which is a great goal. Um, but my point in saying that was, well, of him saying that was he was looking at some smaller broker dealers and not that a small broker dealer is bad, but my point in talking to him was, if you're looking to add 100 advisors, you've got to find a broker dealer that has that type of scale and volume to be able to add 100 advisors. Because if you want to add 100 advisors, you're probably going to have to talk to 500 to 1,000 advisors. And if a broker dealer only has 150, 200 advisors, are you really going to get 1,000 at-bats to achieve your goal? Um, and it, it, he was a little awestruck that I even asked the question and talked through it. But to your point, and I think a very important do is if a third party recruiting firm is not asking you what your vision of your practice is long term and where you want to be, whether you want to retire in five years, whether you want to add advisors, whether you want to start focusing on you know, high net worth clients, whatever that is, to me, that's a red flag because they're not listening to what your long-term vision is to find the best long-term broker-dealer partner. Um, another do, in my opinion, is don't be afraid to ask. If, if you want that third-party recruiting firm, we've had this scenario several times where they want us to go attend the home office visit um, because they want to feel like they have that comfort of subject matter experts that have dealt with these broker-dealers to make sure we're asking questions that they don't think of, don't hesitate to ask uh, a third-party recruiting firm like Trusted Visions how involved they're going to be and what they're going to do. Because if, if they don't want to be involved, then to your point last week, David, run. Because otherwise, they're just going to start throwing your names out there and figuring out which broker-dealer you're going to affiliate with so you can get paid. So anything you want to add on that portion of what I just said, David? Yeah, I think uh, one additional thing to add is 
um, when you're when you're interviewing a couple of third party recruiters and you and you have gone down that path or you started down that path, and if it comes up and that third party recruiter is telling you, well, you don't want to work with that firm because I can get you connected to that same broker dealer. I can get you a better payout for working with me. I can get you a better TA package than that third party recruiter. It's another one of those don'ts and one of those red flags uh, run because there's really, when it comes to negotiating uh, transition packages, negotiating what's going to get paid in a lot of cases, it either has something to do with either the underlying OSJ that you're working with, whether you're a direct report, there's a lot of factors that go into play. But if a third party recruiter is promising you that they can get you a better payout and a better transition package, working with the same broker dealer that you were already talking to with another third party recruiter, um, I hate to say it, but run, uh, because that's a, definitely a, a situation you're going to run yourself into. We all work in the same sandbox. We're all playing with the same numbers. We, we can't get you a better deal. The deal is the deal. And yes, we can enhance that deal by throwing other factors and other things into play. And that's where, you know, you're utilizing the expertise of not only a third party recruiter, helping you get the best deal possible. It doesn't mean that we're going to, if you work with me, I'm going to get you another additional 10 basis points on your transition package really doesn't work that way in our world. You just want to work with somebody that's going to fight for you and help you get the best deal you can. And it's not always about the transition dollars. It could be simply payouts or other factors that are included in that side. So that's another red flag I see out there where I, I love competition. I have no problems with competition whatsoever. Bring it on. Uh, but when somebody says, hey, don't work with that third party recruiter, I can do a much better job. Uh, be wary of that. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point and one that, that I totally forgot to, to mention. To, to your point, all of these broker dealers have matrix in place of where they can go with transition packages and where they can. And so Trusted Visions, any other third-party recruiting firm, they're not going to get the broker dealer to change their metrics in terms of the deal they can offer. And, and I'm glad you brought that up, David, because I just had that happen a week and a half ago, working with a close friend of mine. And, you know, he said another third party recruiting firm reached out to me and said that they can get me a much better deal at XYZ firm than, than you can. And to me, we're all about competition, having fun, building relationships, but that's just simply not the case. Now, what I would say is there are many circumstances, depending on the firms you're working with, and I've done this several times, where firms like Trusted Visions, we can start getting creative and thinking outside the box. And so I'll give you an example of that. We, we placed a, an OSJ enterprise with a broker dealer and they had a matrix of, hey, this is what your, your payouts and pricing are gonna be based off of XYZ assets. And should you grow the assets, this is the pricing and payouts. And it was more of a percentage versus a dollar amount of assets. And so while, it made sense, me and this OSJ or enterprise were talking through it of part of the problem with that percentage is it's going to be really hard to track those assets as you add advisors, because as you add assets, that percentage or that amount changes based off of that percentage. So let's go back to them and say, rather than a percentage, let's have bandwidths of asset totals, 50 to 100 million, 100 to 300 million, whatever it may be it worked out to be exactly the same as the percentages. So it was a win-win for everybody, but it got away from that tracking mechanism of, am I at 23% or am I at 25%? And so I think that is the variance when working with firms like Trusted Visions 
And the difference is we've spent several years, over almost a century amongst our team in corporate America in the broker-dealer space. And so we've seen all of those scenarios and we're able to get creative and think outside the box. So great point, David. Thank you for bringing that up. Well, anything else you want to add before we close, David? No, I think that's it. Outstanding. Well, thank you everyone for, for watching this week's podcast. We will continue down this topic next week of working with a third-party recruiting firm like Trusted Visions or going direct to the broker-dealer. Again, please, if you have any comments, we'd love to hear them. Thanks and have a great week.